0: to the road freedom pod you can find me on instagram and twitter at MatchLava. and today is tuesday may 11th 2021 and it has been a very very slow reselling day with releases not really a whole ton and it's just been it's been all right though i mean i made some decent sales it's been a good day so i'm happy to get after it tonight and get after some of the work that I've had sitting on my plate for reselling. But it's been a good day overall. Like I said, some good sales have come in. I've gotten a lot of good offers on stuff. I should have probably taken a couple of them. That's kind of one of the regrets that I have, I guess. I had a couple offers come in that I stopped and looked at for a moment, and I was like, maybe I should take that. And I've come to learn over the the couple of years that I've been reselling that when you see an offer come in that you pause at, you might as well just take it. If it's good enough to make you pause, it's typically something you're comfortable with. And if the profit's there and you're comfortable taking it, you might as well take it while you can because you never know when that next offer could come in. And if you don't take it while it's there and sitting in front of you, you may not get that offer for a while. I mean, especially if it's something that's not really even that desirable. Like the other day, I got an offer for a Buffalo Bills beer tankard, okay? And the thing I've had since college You don't take that offer you're going to be sitting there and you don't know when that thing's going to sell i haven't sold it in two years it finally sold the other day so that's just something to keep in mind you may you may want to just really give those offers a consideration especially if they're items that maybe you've had sitting for a while or that could sit for a while maybe they're they're just listed maybe you just listed the item but it's not particularly rare but it just happened to be right by or right time and they made you an offer maybe worth to look at that and take it if you if it's something that you're comfortable with. So, I'd encourage you to do that. I probably should have done that a couple times today, but hey, it is what it is. We'll keep it moving and like I said, I, I'm pretty pumped with the the sales I've made so far today and I'm going to keep those rolling as I get more stuff listed. So, that's really what my my thing has been right now, just listing and listing and listing. I've had a lot going on with inventory. I mean, I've gotten a lot of inventory in, a lot of it's been good too. That's that's the key. The the key is that it's been good. And I did take about two weeks off from listing, which is which is not good. I mean, you don't wanna do that, but there came a point where I looked at it and said, I need to really, really hammer home the accounting part of my business to make sure that I never ever have to update it again unless new fees come out or something like that. And that's maybe a little bit of an overstatement, but I, I should have that system in place for a very long time. And barring that I don't have something ridiculous happen where my business transforms or grows exponentially or something like that. It should be very, very well put in place that I can use that for a long time. So I'm happy about that, but I needed to get that done and I needed to get it done quickly because I don't want to be spending months on this. It's hard enough to get myself motivated to do it in, in a day and and get to work on something for a full day that is so boring like doing accounting and stuff like that. But it is what it is. I managed to get it knocked out. It took me a couple of weeks because there's so much that needed to be done with it. But Happily got that done. The thing is I took a couple weeks off the listing. So obviously sales plummeted for those two weeks because if you're not listing, you're not selling on eBay. It's just kind of how it goes. You'll make sales very sporadically, but not not at the volume you will if you're constantly listing. And so, and barring that you have good inventory coming in too. So I had both of those things. I got them all listed up and just getting some sales rolling in. It's been good. I probably should be taking some of the offers that are coming in too, like I said. So I'll probably be doing that a little bit more as as the, the day goes on and as the week continues. So I'm gonna go home and get some stuff listed up tonight and just keep it moving and then hopefully get some more sales and get that stuff shipped out. So that's what I've got going on. The other thing I got in yesterday was the custom Nike Dunks that I got probably about three or four weeks ago. Those are really cool. I got four pairs of the Midnight Navies. So go on StockX right now, look up Jordan 1, Midnight Navy I think COJP or COJP Midnight Navy and it's like a navy and silver colorway pretty clean looking shoe and it didn't have crazy resale but I liked the colorway of it and I loved the colorway on these dunks and so I ended up doing it in suede navy blue all over the shoe and then a couple white patches and then a silver swoosh with pebbled leather on it and then a black sole so like a white sole with like a black treads on it and it looks really clean and I got four pairs of those in. I was pretty pumped about that. I was wishing though that I'd gone more with the Chicago colorway I did. So I did like a red shoe with white paneling on the middle part of the shoe and then a sil or a black swoosh and a black I forget what it's called, the back part of the shoe. See now I don't even know what I'm talking about, but it looks like a Chicago colorway for the Nike Dunk and it looks insanely clean. Like I love it. I I want to keep it for myself, but I can't justify it because I know I'm going to sell it for good money, but it is nice. Like It looks good, and it looks better than most of the Chicago colorways I've seen other people make, and I don't think that mine was was something that I came up with. I think I literally grabbed it off of Twitter. I saw a bunch of people tweeting about what their colorways were back on the first release, and I just saved the best ones, and it looks insane. So I'm pumped about that. I'm wishing I'd gone with more of those, but I put it up on Instagram, and I think like 70 or 80 people voted, and it went 60-30. Well, not sixty thirty, like sixty six thirty three, 33 uh, people liking the Midnight Navies versus the Chicago colorway. And maybe it's just because there's too much red on it for people, I don't know. But it seemed like a lot of people really preferred the, the Navy colorway. So happy to get those in, happy to get those things listed up. I think that they are one of the cleanest shoes that I have gotten in in a long time. And that's just, that's pretty cool because they are like a custom dunk. But those will do really well because I'm seeing a lot of people list them up. And a lot of people getting good sales. I mean, upper 200s, near 300 bucks for these things. Retail was like 120. So easy 100, $150 profit there all day. So pretty pumped about that. I did see when I was going through this whole comp, somebody had stolen my my pictures so i guess they made the exact same shoe somebody in canada made the same shoe that i did for the vibrant staple pigeons and sold it for like 280 bucks congrats to them but they used my pictures i mean they very very clearly used my pictures and i was looking at it i was like okay like these are the exact same pictures that i have and it was funny because i was looking through it and they they made a good sale but i wanted to message them and be like hey nice pictures and just see what they say but i I decided against it just because it probably probably wasn't worth my time or their time but it is funny whenever you see that so that was cool i mean i guess they made some money on it i don't really care if they want to use my pictures go for it i'm like either the shoe will look like their look look like mine or it won't so i don't know too many people that were making a vibrant staple pigeon colorway so if they managed to make the same exact colorway and then sell it and and do well with it then hey by all means like good for them so that was cool um other than that though it's been a good day so i wanted to talk a little bit about buyers because buyers are are some of the most important they are one of the most important things to reselling right you can't have reselling without somebody to buy your stuff so if you are a reseller with no buyers you're kind of screwed you're not reselling you're just hoarding so you don't want to be in that position and what i find a lot of times is that buyers they either they either have some sort of random like excuse for for some things that happen like they want to cancel or the other thing that i i talked about cancellations a little bit yesterday but the other thing i want to touch on is just randomly weird buyer requests and i get these all the time and i don't know if it's if it's just people that buy from me are weird like i don't know if my store attracts very very strange buyers or if it's just people on ebay are strange and i don't think it's people on ebay are strange because i don't get for the the sales that i do i don't get an overwhelmingly amount of them as strange people but there are enough strange people that come to my store and send me these messages and I'm like I don't know how to help you like this is this is a weird this is either a weird thing you're requesting for me and nothing like nothing like soliciting or anything weird like that but like just just like strange like why would you ever need why would you ever need what you're asking for like I can you give me the measurement of the right armpit compared to the left armpit of a shirt like something like that where you're like that's not even something anybody would ever need why would you ask me for that but I've gotten strange requests and it's just it, they come up and so I want to talk about them because not only are there strange requests there's also requests that can get you into trouble so I just want to talk about both of those and then kind of clue you into what I'm thinking so people will send you requests all the time right hey can you send me these measurements hey can you can you provide for me a little bit more information about this. And then you'll get things like people that buy from you will send you a message like, hey, can you do X for me? Can you ship this to a new house? Can you can you, please send this to this address? and mark it without a receipt what like what like what are these people doing well people that are typically shipping it to an address and they say please don't include anything about pricing or anything like that those are typically drop shippers okay if they ask you if you get a message it's like hey please ship this without a uh, receipt it's for a gift for somebody and i would really really much appreciate it if there's no receipt and no invoice attached thank you very much and it seems very automated probably a drop shipper so and a lot of drop shippers they'll use like virtual assistants from like outside the country so if it's in like like, somewhat readable English you probably know that like hey somebody probably typed this up really quickly and they may not have like the the full grasp of exactly what words they're trying to like use in this phrasing here because you know like translations get like mixed up all the time you go I, I took Spanish in high school and like I always messed it up so it would make sense that if somebody's trying to translate over to English and maybe they don't have like the exact dialogue down it may be a little bit difficult to to understand and you get that like broken English and if you find that in a message don't like freak out because typically you don't really have too many issues with dropshippers now I've had issues before because some guy I have no idea how he figured this out but he managed to dropship stuff to sell on Amazon which is not recommended do not ever drop ship something on Amazon but I know he was because they were going on Amazon and then I was getting Amazon returns back because people were like giving me like Amazon receipts in my packages but he figured out he's like hey this doesn't work any return and he started doing this so much that I, I called eBay because I, I I sent I literally sold this guy like 30 units in hair clippers and he started to return like five within like a few days and they were coming back used which was like not cool and I, I messaged I called somebody at eBay I was like hey like This guy is sending me back every single pair of hair clippers used, and I have a no return policy for things that are used that were sent new. So, like, this is not cool. I'm gonna give him back 50% on all of these orders, but like, I'm still losing money, and I'm afraid eBay is gonna think I'm being a terrible seller and like clip my account. And they were like, well, yeah, that could happen. I was like, okay, what do I do? And so they basically said that, long story short, if he keeps doing it, Uh, we'll keep an eye on it. And if he does it more than like two or three times, he'll be, he'll be banned from eBay or he'll get some sort of message. And the fourth time he, you won't, he won't be allowed to buy from you. So whatever, that's fine. But Either way, I mean, those sort of things come up, but that's not really what drop shipping usually is. Most people, they buy something on eBay after they've sold it somewhere else, either on eBay or either on Mercari or somewhere else, and then they will buy it on eBay or Walmart or Amazon or wherever they're buying it from and ship it direct to the customer. It saves them on shipping. They can do a lot smaller margins and do a lot higher volume, like yada, yada, yada. It all works out for them. But if you see a message like that don't freak out because it sounds like a really weird request but really in all reality the person just doesn't want to get caught from their buyer and be super pissed because i've sent stuff to buyers with like the price tag on it on accident before and i've literally had returns because of it. somebody told me that they couldn't they couldn't possibly bear to buy this pair of soccer cleats from me that they paid 100 bucks for because they found out i paid 20 for them and it really set them like on a negative tone and i was like okay i don't know what that means but whatever like they were worth 100 bucks before you knew they were 20. now you, you're so dis, distraught that you can't buy them for 100 bucks so that sort of stuff will happen and people don't want to get caught in that and it'll get them negative feedback and all that kind of stuff plus they don't want to see it coming from another store if i put an invoice in there and it has my store name on it and somebody else at a different store sells something and it comes with a different person's store name on it it's going to look weird the person's going to think they're being scammed or they're just not going to be happy with it so you do not want to deal with that sort of a thing so those those are like some things that can happen other things that come up people will ask you weird things like hey can i pay you off the platform can i send you a message at your gmail can i text you like do not engage in any of that kind of stuff if you if you care about your ebay account if you don't or you you're happy with like possibly getting scammed or you're like comfortable with it then go for it but most of the time it is a scam And even if it's not ebay has a pretty good system in place i was watching and reading a little bit about local sales because my girlfriend's dad was buying like a, a motorcycle on eBay locally, and it said if you I was reading through their fee system and it said if you and the buyer agree to a price on eBay and then don't pay through eBay, they will charge the seller the maximum fee for whatever the highest price either their item was listed at or you decided on in the messages so like keep that in mind like they're not messing around here and they will find out so they have a pretty good system in place now there's there's obviously stuff you can do and you can get around it and stuff like that like that's fine and 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 that sort of things you do that on your own risk but there are people that will try and message you outside of ebay and unless they're trying to do something like i've had people come to me before and talk to me about shoes and be like hey can i follow your instagram account that kind of stuff's fine i do try and get around that a little bit like if i'm trying to show somebody my instagram and stuff like that It is sometimes hard to send it on eBay because they'll block it, so you can't like put spaces and stuff in between and like try and get around that. If you're trying to share it to help people like learn about reselling, that's the thing. Like if eBay ever comes to me, I'll be like, look, here's my profile. I have hundreds of posts on reselling and how to make money, and none of them are negative towards eBay other than maybe you jacked up fees one or two times. But like other than that, they're they're pretty positive. They're all eBay-based, and they're helping people learn eBay. I don't really think it's a big deal, and, and they'll be fine with it because... That's what it is. I mean, Go look at my Instagram. That's what it is. So that's, that's kind of how I would go about it. And there's obviously a lot of data to back it up because there's like hundreds of posts on there and stuff that, that are all pro eBay and stuff like that. So it's not like I'm going on there trying to sell people stuff. And I, I have like a few thousand followers. It's not like I'm just some like fake person that's like scamming people or something like that. So that would be a little bit of a different case. Like if you're doing it to help somebody, then that's fine. If you're doing it to help somebody because you don't want them to have to pay fees, you could get in a lot of trouble for that. So just kind of keep those two things in mind as well and kind of protect your own account because you don't want to be banned from eBay or get some sort of issue with them where now they're charging you a higher fee because you fell below the standards of uh, acceptable seller because they have that. I think it's an extra 5% if you fall below standard on eBay, which there's like below standard, above standard, and then top rated seller. So if you fall below standard, which I'm pretty sure they could do, if, if you got caught doing that, then you could be subject to like 5% extra fees and stuff like that. You don't want that. so. Those are a couple of things I've gotten. Other things I've gotten, like weird things, like if somebody's asking you, hey, can you show me a picture of the shoe with your foot in it? Don't send it to that person. That's just a person with a foot fetish. Like, you don't want to be caught with that, okay? That's just, unless, um, I guess, unless you're into that, but I'm not. So, like, I don't send people pictures of my foot in a shoe. And I wouldn't if I were you, because that's probably what it's for. They probably don't care how your size 13 foot, if you're a guy in a woman's five sandal, actually, like, fits the sandal. So just kind of keep that in mind. But there are obviously like there's some weird people on there. But those sorts of things I've gotten messages for before. Um other than that though, I mean you'll get sort of requests where you can't do things like can you ship this to a new address? You don't want to do that because that's sort of a buyer request with you losing your seller protection item I, I say do it because do what's, it. what's the worst thing that can happen right if it's like a 10 20 thirty dollar item and, and you're comfortable losing it if something goes wrong gaming, you're comfortable with it like okay fine like that then then if you're comfortable with losing the item then yeah just ship it to the new address there's nothing wrong with it it's not illegal or anything like that but if you're shipping like an expensive item that you're not comfortable with if you were to get a buyer trying to scam you, if you're not comfortable losing that item, then message the buyer back and say, hey, like that goes against eBay's policies, that goes and, and ruins my seller protection, and if anything were to happen to the item, then I wouldn't have any protection through eBay. So I'm going to need to cancel the order and then you'll need to rebuy it with the new shipping address entered into your account. And that's sort of a thing I've done before. It, it the, the kind of risk you run is, is the person actually going to rebuy? And I've had people before that know eBay and say, hey, like I know how this works, so I'll just rebuy it. Like that, those sort of people are fine. But you don't want to find yourself like if somebody's like, no, I'm not rebuying it, just ship it to this address. Like that's probably a scam, anyways. Like uh, people that are like very, very adamant about just shipping it to a new address and they're not rebuying it, like probably not the person that you want to be having buy from you because it would be pretty easy to. It would be pretty easy to have some sort of a, a scam happen at that point. So, just don't wanna have that happen. But if, it like I said, if it's a cheaper item, you're just not that, you don't care about it that much. It's maybe some old inventory or something like that. And they say, hey, can you ship it to a new address? Yeah, like that's fine. I'll do it. I'll ship it to a new address. I don't care. Perfectly fine. Whatever you need, it, it's a $10 item. I'm not gonna sweat it. But like I said, if it's a $100 pair of shoes, I'm gonna say, hey, listen, I understand, but this goes against my protection on eBay. And if anything were to happen to this, I'm gonna be left holding the bag, or I guess holding nothing in the bag, so uh, I can't really be responsible for that. So that's kind of where things happen and, and where things lie. Other than that, though, I mean, people on eBay—they're they're usually pretty relaxed with some things. You'll get weird, weird requests. You'll get weird buyers. You'll get people that are very, very like needy or. Like this one guy, I sold him a pair of of Jordan Flint's, the Flint Sevens, and he's like messaged me probably 10 times asking me where they're at, when they'll come in, can he pay with a new card, he accidentally paid with his girlfriends, and I'm like, I I don't know how to do any of this, like I don't even know how you're messaging me, because when you sell a pair of sneakers on eBay that goes through their authenticity program, they cut off communication between the buyer and the seller. So he like found my account, and then, well, he already had my account, but he went and just found another item and started messaging me through that. So... I don't know. I mean, like you'll get some really needy buyers that are just really crazy, and then you'll get buyers that don't want to pay. You'll get buyers that are like, "Hey, can you please? Can I pay you in a week?" Like, no, you can't pay me in a week. I, no, this is like a store. Like, you don't go to Walmart and and buy all your groceries and say, "Hey, uh, by the way, I'll I'll pay you next Friday for these because like that's when I get paid." Like, that's not how life works. So no, like people cannot pay you in a week unless unless you're really comfortable waiting a week. But I'm not. Most people aren't because it's not a way to run a business. So. I mean, there's unique scenarios for everything, but most of the time, no. Just tell the person, hey, you're either going to need to pay in two days or I'm filing an item not unpaid case and, and we're going to keep it moving. So those are just some things that come up on eBay. I think that a lot of people kind of, when they first start, they don't really know all these different things things that can happen, different messages buyers can send, and you kind of get overwhelmed sometimes when you're new and they're like, hey, can you ship this to a new address? And you don't know what to do. You don't know if you're even allowed to do that. You don't know if you're being scammed. Most of the time, you're not. I've had people message me and say, hey, I'm trying to send this to my grandfather. I accidentally bought it on the wrong account or whatever. Like, okay, fine, Uh, still rebuy it if it's expensive. If not, like, I'll just ship it to him, I don't care. But those sort of things, like don't fret about that kind of stuff usually. People more often than not are telling the truth and you can find out when people are telling a lie just based on how ridiculous their story seems. I mean, the guy trying to buy on his girlfriend's credit card or whatever, like my girlfriend typically doesn't give me her credit card to buy shoes, so I don't know. I mean, just like normal things, you kind of like sit back and think logically, does this make sense? If it doesn't, it's probably somebody just trying to like either get out of buying something or or try and like pull one over on you. If if it's normal though or it's something that you could see yourself like doing in the past, it's probably just somebody trying to get out of a weird scenario they found themselves in and, and maybe they just accidentally sent it to the wrong house or whatever. So just keep that kind of stuff in mind. You can definitely make some some good decisions based off of some of the stuff that I gave you. But don't fret it. Just go about it and use your best judgment and you'll be fine. So with that being said, I'm going to go. I'll wrap up this podcast. But you guys have a great rest of your Tuesday and I'll talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace.